0: What's up? Do I, do I sound all right? Do I sound different? Do I sound bad? You sound good. Okay. Well, here's the thing. I was trying to figure out how to record both of us into multi-track. I can't do that, though. So we're both recording into one track locally on my computer.
1: And so now I guess this will also solve the problem of you having to go in and maybe... They won't like when the uh, files aren't lined up correctly by Libsyn. Exactly. This will be yeah. exactly. This will. This'll we're solve now recording the backup.
0: Yeah, yeah. This will. This will solve that issue one hundred percent. Because oh my god, I don't know what the fuck happens, but like I shouldn't say more often than not because more often than not. It's not bad, like, things yeah. will, like, whenever, like, one of our mics pops off or something, it'll, yeah. it'll cut some of that silence, and it'll, it'll be off by, like, a second or two. I'll be able to easily fix it, but every once in a while, it's so fucking
1: off, and I don't,
0: <laughs> like, it takes me hours to edit in that scenario,
1: that sucks. Well, if you ever need me to pick that up, of course, let me know. I can always help out if you want me to. I appreciate you doing that. Yeah. And I'm almost, I'm like halfway through the one I'm editing right now. Cool. So cool. I'll probably, <laughs> I don't know when I'll finish that up. Maybe tomorrow. What? Oh,
0: oh, I, what I happened? L- what happened?
1: I don't what know. I click? I'm click? not there. Hey, Am there I we go. There? Hey, oh, okay. okay. Okay.
0: I, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know what, I've got two buttons to mute your sound. but both do the exact thing exact same thing or wait here okay talk for a second
1: hey broadcasting live from no hugging no learning world headquarters satellite studio
0: okay but can you hear me
1: were you if you were saying anything i did not hear you
0: right now can you hear me right now yes yes okay
1: (laughs) because i answered your question okay well then
0: i don't know what that fucking button does it's a it's a button with the the icon of a speaker that's crossed out but it doesn't mute you and it doesn't mute me and it doesn't keep (laughs) you from recording and it doesn't keep me from recording i don't know what the fuck it does
1: weird (laughs) very weird i
0: I feel like i need i i need an instruction manual on this is what is what i need i i don't just need yeah here's a pelican case with a pro two in it (laughs) have fun i'm like sure cool
1: thanks <laughs> here you go one of the most uh, technologically advanced pieces of radio machinery on the market right now basically go nuts.
0: basically that's <laughs> it <laughs> here's a mic too while you're at it
1: okay yeah cause oh, i will say cause i'm recording so on a, I- a different mic as well <laughs> I wanted to mention that it is roomy, but it's not echoey.
0: Yeah. Well, like the, so the
1: the gate must be up pretty high because it's not it's like cutting immediately as soon as you're done talking. Oh, is it is it really? Which is fine which is fine. It's not clipping you off or anything. Mm-hmm. Um but it's just like where there would be an echo, it's it there's no there's nothing. Oh, so it's well, fine. that's
0: that's nice. Yeah, and I yeah. think most of that is just coming from I am in an unfurnished room. I mean, I've got carpet. Yeah. I've got things in here, but I don't have any sound treating in front of me yet. I've got it in a pile to the right of my desk.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, at least you're going to do it. Somehow I've lucked out that, I don't know, am I roomy? I've never really asked.
0: No, you always sound good. Your room sounds good. I'm the one who always sounds like dog shit.
1: (laughs) This room has a lot of stuff on the walls that, but it still should be a little echoey, but. But I guess there's enough stuff around. That's, no, I I legitimately think
0: I legitimately think if we if we got you a different mic because you're using just your your plug and play USB mic, you would sound incredible.
1: Yeah, I need I should get a better one, but this one does a great job for what it costs. Like yeah. anyone who wants to get into podcasting, I was like, get the Audio Technica ATR twenty one hundred. It's like a hundred bucks, and you know it does everything you need it to do. And then you can decide if you're going to stick with it. And if you don't, you only spend hundred bucks on a mic. Yeah, that, for real. You know, you can use some other time for whatever. Zoom meetings or whatever. But one of these days I should upgrade before we get to the end of our series. (laughs) (laughs) Buy buy
0: a mic and then we call it quits. (laughs) Yeah. Uh. (laughs) All right. Should we get going? Might as well. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Welcome to No Hugging, No Learning. It's a show about one thing. Watching Curb Your Enthusiasm for the first time.
1: I'm Tim Murphy. And I'm Ted Hollowell. And today we will be talking about season three. I'm sorry, season seven, episode three. I'm trying to take us back in time so we don't end uh, anytime soon. Season 7, Episode 3, The Reunion. But before that, what's the deal with stuff from our last episode? Vehicular fellatio. How could I forget? Mm-hmm. Such a catchy title. Um, I guess roadhead they wouldn't print in TV Guide or, or on TV <laughs> Guide <laughs> <Channel> or whatever. <laughs> Do you think Larry knows the term roadhead? Probably not. He probably, probably calls it vehicular fellatio. Not at this just, point. Not at this point. Yeah. He doesn't know the term yeah. roadhead. Probably like car blowjob, which is what they call it like during the episode. <laughs> 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 Uh, it was a while before, you know, millennials invented the term roadhead. So maybe Gen <laughs> Wait, X did it. Hey, pause. That.
0: How many millennials do you think Larry has on his writing staff?
1: <laughs> Zero. I think it's just him. You think
0: it's just him? <laughs> uh, he's got to have, like, co-writers, right?
1: I always thought it was just him, like, writing the outline and then everybody improvs everything else. I didn't Man, think there was any... I, I really... Mm. I guess I don't know for sure, but I, I always thought that was that was the way it was. It's 100% improv. It can't... I mean, uh, there's, there's obviously outlines, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I
0: don't, I don't, I don't know now. You got me second guessing.
1: (laughs) I'm pretty sure that's the. I don't know. I'll have to consult the book once again and get a definitive answer on this. But I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Like that. So he just scripts out the episode. Like we've we've talked about it at the end of the series. I'll be like, here's an example. Here's what Larry wrote, and here's what the scene was. And it's like Jeff and Larry talk about going to a you know a whatever a baseball game. And it's like then you see the pages and pages of dialogue that they wrote just on the fly. I think probably editors he might i mean there's probably only one editor but he probably needs a really good one to like cut through all of the awful improvisation and actually get to the meat of the scene so we get through it without too much so without okay. too much improv for I guess.
0: what it's worth for what it's worth when you google curb your enthusiasm writers uh yeah. it's all a bunch of old guys obviously oh, La- okay. larry david jeff schaefer alec berg david mandel um but there's also carol okay. leafer and, Tim, Justin yeah. Hurwitz, age 38.
1: Oh, wow. 38 in 05 or whatever, whenever he wrote, though. That might be... He might be Gen X. Oh No, th-
0: 38 today. 30, oh, 38 30, today. 38 oh, okay. in well, 2023. Then, yeah. so,
1: Decidedly millennial.
0: Yeah, de- definitely. Definitely millennial. Um, yeah. I-, I don't know what episode he wrote on or or when in the run it was I guess I could look at his IMDb he is uh he typically works in the music department it looks like but he came up as writer so I'm confused uh humor enthusiasm four episodes 2017 to 2020 he wrote on season nine uh episode two episode nine and episode 10 oh and he, in season 10 as well he wrote one episode in season 10 interesting so he, he did bring on some millennial blood eventually
1: yeah. Because it's always story by Larry David, but then I guess he does have some people who punch up the script, but it's weird. I wonder how they work that in. Like, all right, here's what has to happen in this scene, and one of you has to say this line that we wrote. (laughs) (laughs) You have to work that in naturally. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'm sure nobody is writing Susie's Curses at Larry. No, no. I I mean,
0: maybe if if someone hears, like, a very unique one on the street, and they're like, okay, you, (laughs) uh, Larry and Susie, you get into an argument, and then Susie, (laughs) at some point, you have to build up to calling Larry a bald fuckwad. And she's yeah, like, okay, bald fuckwad, got it.
1: That reminds me, I bet Car Wash Cunt was written for Susie. Oh, 100%. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So stuff like that, now that I'm kind of thinking about it. <laughs> that, she couldn't have sprung that on them. No, and, you no. Know. <laughs> so, all right. So uh, I forget how we, oh, we were talking about roadhead versus vehicular fellatio. Uh, so uh, one thing I have to correct myself. Well, I have. I have a couple of things I have to correct. On myself from last episode one is that jay Johnston did not play a cop in curb your enthusiasm he played a friend of cheryl and larry's named jeremy who asked for a letter of recommendation in season two episode eight shack but then when larry becomes persona non grata after tripping shaquille o'neal uh, at the lakers game you know his life people stop asking him for favors and actually retract the favors that they had asked for and that was one of them Uh, And so that's who that was. I guess I was getting him mixed up with his character from the Sarah Silverman show, which was definitely a cop. Uh, Also, I don't know if you want to count this as curb your continuity, but Larry remarks that receiving oral sex in the car is dangerous and there ought to be a law against it. Yet in, I think this one was also season two, Amco, Larry wins a bet against Cheryl for which she has to give him vehicular fellatio. Oh my God. You're right. I I, totally forgot about that. And I remember thinking about that during the episode, and then it wasn't until afterwards that uh, that's actually a season one episode, season one, episode seven. So he's changed his tune in the last six seasons because he was totally okay with it earlier. Larry's extreme anger at being able to unopen the uh, being unable to open the packaging at the beginning of this episode and at the end is a well-documented feeling, it turns out, called rap rage. So well-documented, Rap Rage has its own Wikipedia page. It came about as a result of media attention to the phenomenon. Although other variants such as Packaging Rage have been used as early as 1998, Word Spy identifies the earliest use of Rap Rage coming from the Daily Telegraph in 2003. The American Dialect Society identified the term as one of the most useful in 2007. So by the time this episode was rolling around, it uh, was really, you know, catching fire. In 2006... Consumer Reports magazine recognized the rap rage phenomenon by creating the Oyster Awards for products with the hardest to open packaging. And I've never heard anything more boomer in my entire life. (laughs) (laughs) Consumer Reports Oyster Awards for products with the hardest to open packaging. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) That sounds like something we get to get copied and pasted to email chains all over AOL. Forward, 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 (laughs) forward. (laughs) Forward, forward, forward. Consumer Reports Oyster Awards. Hilarious.exe. A 2009 story in actually the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette about rap rage was featured on the Colbert Report, when Stephen Colbert tried to use a knife to remove a new calculator from its plastic packaging. So again, oh nine, 9 the Colbert report was also talking about rap rage. Seventy one percent of respondents to a British magazine poll said they'd been injured while trying to open food packaging. The most common injury respondents had from trying to open packaging was a cut finger. I've cut myself on those super sharp plastic things before. Those are like not like blades once you get one. Oh yeah. Yeah, once you rip
0: one. Especially like on the on the like edges where it's like the the, not the not corrugated what would be the term for it like it's
1: i don't know stamped or something like like stamped or however they heat heat
0: sealed like where it's the thickest part of it
1: yeah yeah followed by cut hand sprained wrist bruised hand and strained shoulder muscle jesus christ (laughs) how Uh, what According to a British study, over 60,000 people receive hospital treatment each year due to injuries from opening. And this is just food packaging, by the way. Uh, The Consumer Product Safety Commission estimated that attempts to open packaging caused about 6,500 emergency department visits in the U.S. in 2004. And a 2009 study conducted by the Institute for Good Medicine found that 17% of adults over the age 21 were either injured or at least once or know of someone who was injured while opening a holiday or birthday gift. So rap rage was definitely a hot comedic topic uh, around the time of of the last episode in uh, 2009. What about uh, the little bit of homework we had, Last Tango in Paris, as Richard Lewis and uh, Bevan, I think we're calling her, get up to leave to go see Richard Lewis's favorite movie, Last Tango in Paris. Larry does a Marlon Brando impression that I have been doing since last Saturday, I can't stop <laughs> going. Just at random times of the day, going. Uh, put some butter up my ass. <laughs> <I> can't stop. <laughs> uh, put some butter up my
0: uh, ass. Uh, put some butter <laughs> in my. I can't do it. I can't do it as good as you. Uh, put some butter up my ass.
1: <laughs> I can't even get a good one out because I am laughing too hard every like halfway through uh, it.
0: Uh, uh, put, some uh, put, some, <laughs> uh, put some butter up my ass. Put some butter up my ass. Mm. I can't no I can't do it I feel like I'm trying to like do the facial like uh f- yeah. f- facial muscle like um uh, expression of Brando <laughs> yeah. while while doing while doing the the line mm, put, some, no,
1: mm, put some butter on my ass mm. <laughs> um yeah it's it's like doing a De Niro impression like you can't do it without doing the frown and the squinty eyes uh, put some butter uh, just... on my ass. <laughs> no I'm still I'm still not getting it well keep working on it like I have all week <laughs> <laughs> but first of all I was I, super I, wrong I yeah. think
0: I will and that's what Patreon is for so the next 10 minutes we're gonna be practicing our Brando impressions here we go it's practicing our
1: Larry doing Brando yeah <laughs> So it's a it's an it's uh, impersonation inception <laughs> in that way. Uh, so first of all, I was super wrong about my touchstone for Last Tango in Paris. Last Tango in Paris being Hot Shots. That fridge scene that they lampoon in Hot Shots was from another erotic thriller food sex scene from a movie with Kim Basinger and Mickey Rourke called Nine and a Half Weeks. Uh, okay. and so yeah, I which I have not seen. That was from 1986. <laughs> And also, you know, it was made fun of a lot in in movies like that. Uh, So, Last Tango in Paris is a 1972 erotic drama film directed by Bernardo Bertolucci. The film stars Marlon Brando, Maria Schneider, and Jean-Pierre Liode, and portrays a recently widowed American, played by Marlon Brando, who begins an anonymous sexual relationship with a young Parisian woman, played by Maria Schneider. Now, if some of this sounds familiar, it's because we probably talked about this after talking about Seinfeld season nine episode five the junk mail because Jerry and George have a conversation about a friend of Jerry's Frankie Merman who's hit, who's giving him a car for doing a set at a car dealership and George goes fragile Frankie Merman I never liked that guy every summer you guys went to camp together I was jealous felt like he was the summer me and Jerry says he was not the summer you besides you had a summer me Whitey Fisk the guy who snuck you into Last Tango in Paris. And George said, I made him up. And Jerry said, so you never saw Last Tango in Paris? Too bad, it was erotic. Uh, and so I think we did a little bit of homework on that after this. But uh, just for the sake of you know being mentioned in Curb again, it was the seventh highest grossing film of 1973. The film's raw portrayal of sexual violence and emotional turmoil led to international controversy and drew various levels of government censorship in different jurisdictions. Uh, when it was released in the US, it got an X rating then they released an R-rated cut, but then in '97 the film was reclassified as NC-17. A- after the film's release in Italy, the uh, the proceedings were brought against it for "essasperato pensessualismo fine a se stesso." I'm sorry if my Italian's no good, but that is translated as aggravated, gratuitous pansexualism, hmm. which is my favorite hardcore album by <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> By the by, the Larry David Brando's. Um, <laughs> this, this film contains a scene. So the film contains a scene. Here's what Larry was referencing. In which Paul anally rapes Gene using butter as a lubricant. Jesus Christ. I know. Not so funny now, is it? No. No, it's not. <laughs> While the rape is simulated, Schneider has said, and here's where the problematic nature comes in. I, I started talking about this and I was like, you know what? We should just talk about it next week because I'm going to get all of it wrong. She said that the scene was not in the script. In 2006, and when they told me, I had a burst of anger. But she, uh, and, but she said nobody can force someone to do something not in the script. But I didn't know that I was too young. She was only 19 at the time. And in 2007, she reiterated feelings of sexual humiliation pertaining to the scene. Schneider died in 2011, and in 2013 is when the shit really hit the fan because Bertolucci was giving a talk on the film and its effect on Schneider. And in the interview, he said that the rape scene was in the script. But the detail about using butter as a lubricant was improvised the day of the shooting, and they didn't tell her about it so that he could get her genuine reaction. And he said, I wanted her to react humiliated. I feel guilty, but I don't regret it. And there was even a little like l- something lost in translation where for a second there, people thought that they were like, whatever he said was translated in English. And it came out as like, oh, yeah, we <laughs> actually raped her. And the sex was unstimulated. Oh, but my and that's God. when like that's when everybody freaked out. And I feel like some of that fervor did not die down when they went back and corrected it. And maybe rightly so, because like she still it was still a fucked up situation, as you can hear. Like she felt a certain way. And no one can say. She was wrong to feel that way because it sounds like they were doing it on purpose. Yeah, we wanted her to react like this. That's why we didn't tell her. We wanted her to feel humiliated. That's why we humiliated her. What? It's a movie. Like what? What? No, like so um some of, you know, d- probably the bulk majority, the lion's share of the, you know, the uh, people being upset about this movie and this director uh is warranted, but it doesn't seem to have I don't know, affected its stature on in in like the pantheon of cinema i don't know people either it's just not talked about as much or i just i just feel like it hasn't suffered you know because of what came out i feel like it did for a second but then everyone just kind of moved on and yeah i don't know i mean this was definitely well before any of this came out because although schneider in 2000, 2007 is when she felt was she started talking about it but it wasn't until 2013 that the director you know really put his foot in it so you know i guess at this point uh richard lewis you know, didn't feel too bad about it, I guess. Or nobody did. Um, so anyway, that is all our homework and trivia and tidbits and stuff. Oh my God. O- okay, do we, we got any other news or
0: anything? I don't think so. All right, well, cool. If you have never listened to us before, if you have never listened to us before, we are not a research-heavy show despite the last 30-something minutes being exclusively homework and bullshit. We like to have our questions pop up naturally in the run of the episode and, assi- and assign them to... Blah, 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 blah and assign them to ourselves as though we are giving ourselves homework. I've never seen these episodes before. Tim has never seen these episodes before in the last 14 years. If we miss anything, if we egregiously skip over anything, please send us an email or send us a tweet. It's at nohugging on Twitter or show at gmail.com. Both of those links are down in the the description or on the show description page on Apple podcasts. If you like what you hear, please give us a five star rating and a written review on Apple podcasts or a five star rating over on Spotify. Um, if you like us a little bit more than that, you can give us a follow and join us over on Patreon where for five bucks a month, you get early access to every single episode that we put out not just not just early access to the regular episodes no they are going to be extended versions of the episodes and I want to give special thank yous to the people who have done so like Michael Klatsky, Drybones, Bones, Nate Collins, Tamara Ortiz, the guys and gals over at the Idieville podcast, John Murphy, Will Hall, Danica Lagorio, and J-Dog Conlord, who <laughs> did change his name back after he um, <laughs> heard his... Or, or was it J-Dog? J- yeah, because he he changed it to J-Lord Condog at one point. J-Lord Condog. <laughs> J-Dog Conlord, Nick Kudla, Adam Webb, and Megan Stolarski. Thank you guys so much. Um, we also, Tim, got a... We got one from... Nate Collins, who commented on our post... I'll read Nate Collins' comment first, because it came in first. Uh, we were talking about dollop, uh, what your what your mom was referring to, I think.
1: Oh, a do-loop.
0: A do-loop, do yeah. Uh, yeah. Nate, Nate Collins said, do-loop... do, do loop, uh, Well, he comments, dollop in British English, doll op generally means shit in the context your mom was using it, or... <laughs> Or you would put a dollop of something on something, like a dollop of ketchup on your chips. We know what dollop is, but I, I, I don't know.
1: When I Google do loop because I just the is a um, it's a little clip for your your belt or something <laughs> so you can carry your dog shit in a bag without actually carrying the bag.
0: Well, well, here's the here's where it gets interesting because okay. uh, Danica Ligorio and J Dog Honlord uh, messaged us and said do loop might be a computer science do slash while loop. Basically, repeatedly do this thing while this condition is still true, which is slightly different than a while loop, which is while this condition is true, do this thing repeatedly.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's what I was thinking.
0: Does your your mom know much about computer science? No, but that (laughs) seems like the kind
1: of programming thing from the early days of computers that might still be kicking around in her and there was an extra O on it. That's why I thought it was weird. But then when I googled "do loop," that's probably what she meant.
0: Maybe okay. Yeah. All right.
1: <laughs> like well, just like no matter what you click, you just keep get hitting the same five pages, and you can't get to actually what you need.
0: that. That sounds like it's yeah, yeah. So 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 Patreon's do loop would be uh while you can, while you are continued to be subscribed do. Not unsubscribe. Do, yeah. <laughs> yeah. do have an awful time trying to unsubscribe. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> just, just a web of a uh, web, web of pages. A web of web pages. <laughs> <laughs> web
1: of pages. <laughs> I like that. It's like something a congressman would say while he's like uh, a web talking of, to Mark Zuckerberg. It's now tell of, me about tell me about your web of pages. Now it's a web of pages <laughs> now tell me if about i go to facebook.com now tell me about your book face sir
0: <laughs> now it, where's the it, book on the uh, web and, and who published this book of face <laughs> book of face on the web of page, <laughs> I, page I i i request the name of your publisher <laughs> sir of your book face <laughs>
1: Uh, book of face book
0: of faith anyway <laughs> uh but yeah thanks to everybody for for giving us money to to can you continue doing this if you want to join them uh you can do so patreon.com slash no hugging all that being said season seven episode three the reunion original air date october 9th or no excuse me october 4th 2009 original air date larry resists jeff's suggestion to do a seinfeld reunion special until he figures out a compelling personal
1: reason to do so. I mean, it's not bad. I think we can make it better. Yeah, I think so. But but it's going to be it might be a little bit of work, hopefully All, not. <laughs> but also, like,
0: well, I'll I'll just say this cuz this is how the episode starts. Um, yeah. knowing that this is the Seinfeld reunion season. Um, I fucking hate how this comes together. It comes together in the first fucking 30 seconds of this episode. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you hate how the reunion comes together? I guess it, it kind of does. It yeah. doesn't
0: it like I, I guess it's mentioned very briefly by Cheryl when Larry sees her at the restaurant a couple of episodes ago. Yeah. But if you don't see that episode and you just think this is the first episode in like the arc, <laughs> it's yeah. so unnatural because they weren't talking about it. We've never seen Jeff and Larry talk about Seinfeld in seven seasons.
1: Maybe they just were relying on the zeitgeist and how everybody... Because this was probably like... This was... What is it? 11 years after it went off the air? Because they keep they keep kind of going back between nine, 10 and 11, I feel was it? like. Was it 98? Yeah, yeah. So dude, nine right. years. So...
0: Yeah, because this See, is 07. finale
1: was ninety eight. Yeah, so this was eleven years even. No, 90. So I feel like the wait.
0: No shit. I keep thinking two thousand seven. God damn. Yeah, eleven years. Yeah. You're I right. just, Why do I, um, I, I season seven two thousand and nine, not two thousand and seven? I, I I keep getting those.
1: Uh, I know. Um, I keep thinking transposed. this is oh seven as well, and then every time I look, I'm like, damn, oh nine. Well, yeah, because he took that that little hiatus there. And they're gonna get longer too. The the hiatus are going to get longer but yeah i mean you know maybe maybe because at the time we're just so far removed from it we don't remember the fervor for the 10-year anniversary being like you got to get back together you got to do i'm sure there was like think pieces and like seinfeld 10 years on and stuff like that um in entertainment weekly and time magazine and stuff like that so maybe there was a fever pitch for this that we don't remember you know uh, at the time that they are sort of relying on, like, uh oh, you know, NBC is always talking about a reunion that made made sense just to deal with it that uh, flippantly, I guess, you know, and with that without that much, uh, yeah, you know, laying the seeds or whatever. Um, so, yeah, we do open at Jeff's, uh, laying some groundwork as far as continuity goes because they sort of mention, oh, yeah, so Loretta's gone, yeah, and Leon's still hanging around. <laughs> but the weird thing about that is that. Leon's not even in this episode, <laughs> but I guess he just wanted to mention that he'll be back. Don't be surprised when you see him maybe in the next episode, uh, which I guess would would kind of bear mention because if then if he didn't like it was it was pretty clear to anybody at the end of last episode, which I loved. He's like, "Wow, so I guess you're going to go inside and eat this Chinese food in my room." Like, "Oh, so Leon's a character now." Okay, so he's staying, um, but they they do sort of lay the groundwork that Loretta's gone. And Leon, Leon's hanging around. But NBC is hounding uh, Jeff for a Seinfeld reunion. And he's like, just take the meeting. That way you can tell them no. And then when they call me, I'll say he said no. We had the meeting. He said no. Yeah. like he, uh, the, the man said no himself. You heard it. Yeah. He was there. Yeah. Meanwhile, Susie comes in and she is ailing. She's like all achy and she's very sick and low energy. And Larry asks if she's been in any tall grass and suggests that it might be Lyme disease, like from a tick so you should get it checked out. Yeah, just kind of just kind of talking out his ass at, at first, but yeah. I
0: mean, that's that's Larry. That's the Larry that we know right now.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, no no one can uh no one can diagnose her and this is, you know, she hasn't heard this yet. So so there you go. So over at NBC, this building, I mean, it sure it sure looked like a giant NBC sign. That it's it's no longer <laughs> there from any of the pictures <laughs> I can see. Yeah, I don't know what this building was. Like it yeah. this isn't 30 Rock. It no no it's definitely in it's definitely L A offices for NBC mm-hmm. um, at twenty one six fifty Oxnard Street in Woodland Hills California <laughs> uh, I know Oxnard is one of my favorite California <laughs> words it's like every there's an Oxnard California there's obviously an Oxnard Street I'm like who named that, <laughs> that a guy got who saw like nords. bull's testicles. yeah that's yeah. it. <laughs> This is a time. This is like Warner Center Towers or something like this. I don't know if NBC is still there. The, that sign I don't think is out front anymore, but I'm sure they're still in Los Angeles somewhere. Maybe they moved to the Universal lot or something like that. But Larry runs into Cheryl in the lobby who was there for an audition. She's going back to acting, and she is very excited about the prospect of the Seinfeld reunion. And she says, you know what? You'll, you got to put a part in for me when you do this. I'm not joking. And Larry's like, oh, okay, all right, well, you know, I don't know if it's gonna happen. <laughs> um, and they're they're catching up a little bit. And she's like, guess what? I'm into basketball now. I like the Lakers. And he's like, you wait till I leave to be in the thing, into the thing that I love. Uh, and so they kind of talk about that. She's even going to the game on Thursday. And he said he's gonna go. And they were gonna get like scalpers tickets. So you know, they've been running into each other lately. I'll I'll probably run into you there. And they part ways. Uh, so upstairs, the there's an annoying executive guy just prattling on while Larry daydreams and before oh we get God, to the daydream yeah.
0: and we don't know his name
1: either yeah at, at no not till way later yeah <laughs> like in, in typical Larry and Jerry fashion not until it's way too late in the episode to make any difference but but yeah and I mean he's typical smarmy network executive they got a great guy to play this and I recognized him too I'm gonna write that down because I didn't look him up where I recognize him from because he looked kind of like a couple people, but I don't think it's either one. He looks like two guys I mix up all the time. One of them is Zach Orr, who was on uh, New Girl. Zach Orth, sorry. Zach Orth, who was on New Girl and What Hot American Summer. Who is he on New Girl? Let me see because I know you're in the middle of a, a watch of that, and so oh, you know we finished
0: it. We finished it.
1: Oh, you're done. Yeah. Okay. Uh, do you know who I'm talking about? Then I, uh,
0: let me look him up because he,
1: he didn't really look familiar to me. What's his
0: name? Zach Orth?
1: Yeah. Well, no, Zach Orth is Zach who Orth. I'm thinking of, and who was obviously not in New Girl. I was mixing him up with the guy that I always mix Zach Orth up with, and who this guy kind of looks like. So this is not Zach Orth or this other guy, and now I can't remember the other guy's name. I think he was on mad men there's a bunch of like kind of schlubby guys that all look the same and they pop up on tv a lot zach orth is one of them uh rich summer is another one of them was rich summer uh, no not rich summer yeah i guess i mean rich summer is rich summer from new girl was he i don't think so now i gotta look up who the hell i'm talking who i'm
0: no no what is he on how do i know what he looks like
1: damn was it russell who was russell Who played Russell on on? No, that was Dermot Mulroney. All right, maybe it was Sam. God, they're not showing me the actor. Here's all of Jess's girlfriends ranked. Oh, 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 oh! It was Nelson Franklin. Nelson
0: Nelson Franklin. Franklin.
1: Okay, Robbie.
0: Oh, okay, okay, yeah. And I, yeah. So, is that who played this guy? Is that who played? No. The executive? But, okay, okay. But you I can was see why say, I get them mixed up, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> and here's the thing. The whole time we were watching New Girl, I yeah. fucking thought Robbie was Jonah Ray. <laughs> Oh, I could see that too. Yeah,
1: yeah. So that, so like, Joe, like add, Nelson Franklin. Add him Franklin. to the list. Add him to the list of people that yeah. look like this. <laughs> Zach Orth, Jonah Ray, like schlubby, sometimes bearded, unshaven dudes. Yeah, like not, with glasses. Like not,
0: not, not <laughs> ugly by any means. It's just no. like they're they're, they're like they're, they're average. They're 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 made yes. yeah. to look average. And also, yeah. Nelson Franklin, the guy who played Robbie, is still only thirty-seven years old.
1: Wow! Yeah,
0: I I thought this show was like, I, I mean, it it came on air twelve years ago, and yeah. I, I guess yeah, he would have been fucking twenty five when the show
1: debuted. Jeez, <laughs> that's wild. Well, I'm not even I won't even look up this guy's name now because we'll just add him to the list. <laughs> we'll add him to the list later. Uh, whoever this executive was, but he looked familiar, and he's kind of that same type of actor. So I'm sure he's been in something like this. I'm sure we're going to discover he was a love interest on a sitcom that I watched. Uh, for, like, a couple episodes. Um, but so while he's prattling on and sort of, like, I don't know, is he, like, he's buttering them up. He's buttering up Larry and, and Jeff. Maybe kissing ass a little bit, but just being an annoying smug, your typical smarmy executive yeah. network executive. Uh, but while he's doing this, Larry is daydreaming about being back on the old Seinfeld set. Well, actually, you can see it's actually an updated Seinfeld set because the fridge is new and, and there's some other new stuff there. but And it's he, in HD. <laughs> Yes, yeah. It looks better than Seinfeld ever did. <laughs> and Cheryl is there uh, in his daydream, and she's talking about, um, you know, how great his writing is and how grateful she is to that he found a part for her on the show. And then he's like, uh, all right, get out, everybody else, get in here. And there's Jerry and Julie Louis Dreyfus and Jason Alexander and Michael Richards. And they're all lavishing praise on Larry David for the great <laughs> writing and stories that he's come up with for the reunion. What, what was the line that Jerry says? Like the line about Kumquat?
0: I'm yeah. like, <laughs> Kumquat and,
1: and Quail, I K- think.
0: Kumquat K- and Quail? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't say what the line is, but it just says. No. What a great line that was.
1: <laughs> I like that. How, you know, it sounds really stupid. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I I, uh, I found out who the actor of the executive is. Okay. So his name is Todd Stashwick. Okay. And he has been an actor in Star Trek Picard. Uh, right. Kim Possible, the movie. Okay. Uh, Tom and Jerry, back to Oz. Surfer oh. Dude with Matthew McConaughey. All right. Um, think Like a Dog in 2020. I, literally nothing I've seen. Uh, stuck in the Suburbs in 2004. I think that's the the closest thing I would have seen him in, and I've never seen the movie. Teen Wolf, Still Standing. <laughs> Yumi <me> and Dupree. <laughs> Yumi and Dupree, The Real O'Neills, uh, t- Bewitched, in two thousand and five, with Will Ferrell, oh, the,
1: the Will Ferrell, yeah, yeah, uh, Supa Ninjas, huh. nothing that I've seen. Me neither, but one of his pictures that pop that pops up, like that, like evil looking kind of headshot, looks super familiar. Like, why does he look so damn familiar? I don't know. All right, I'm still gonna look into I th- this. I think it's just, done I think it's much- just the thick black
0: frame glasses. He he yeah, looks he he just kind of looks like other people.
1: Maybe he just looks like the dudes that I mentioned earlier, and I'm like, oh yeah, that guy. I think that's it. But yeah, that that might be it, or that you know he's just been in a ton of stuff that that I've seen over the years, like an episode of Malcolm in the Middle, or, <laughs> uh, which he was in, <laughs> an episode of Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip, which I watched in 2006, two episodes of Burn Notice. All right, so I'll that's, I'll, that's enough of still... Todd Stashwick children's hospital all right so he's just been in a ton of stuff i'll try to i'll try to do another a a little shallow dive um you know uh, on the next episode just to really drill down and figure out if if it is you know where i know him from but so as larry comes to which by the way let me let me just stop and say the cast reveal was done so well i if if this had been the typical cheesy lame reunion episode there would have been a 10 minute like studio audience ovation if this was any other sitcom. You oh, you know, yeah. if they had recorded this, like, oh, yeah, the because the, how would you do, like if they had done it where it's like, all right, I'll talk to all of them individually. But when it looks like it's just Larry and Cheryl on set and he's like, all right, everybody else get in here. And they're all they all rush in. <laughs> I thought that was an exotic. What a great reveal. What a great way to do it. I thought it was awesome. And I applauded for 10 minutes and I paused it uh, just, for the, <laughs> just because I thought it deserved it. Uh, and so as Larry comes to after revealing what his life after dreaming about what his life could be like, if he does a reunion, he says, I'll do it. And everyone's ecstatic. Uh, he says he's even got a great storyline for George already about in between the past 11 years, he's gotten married and divorced. And he's, it's going to be about him trying to get his wife back. And they're so excited. We got to celebrate. Um, and, the, and the executive offers Larry and Jeff some Lakers tickets, which they were planning on going anyway. So great. It works out. Uh, he'll hook them up. And that is it. Outside, Jeff has Larry totally figured out. He just he just blows up his spot immediately about, oh, yeah, you'll do the reunion. Give your wife a part. I know exactly what you're doing. <laughs> but he's not mad at him because, <laughs> A, the reunion's still getting made and he's still getting paid. Yeah. And it's going to be good, of course. And he, he calls it brilliant. Frankly, it's brilliant what you're trying to do. He's all for it. So the first stop Larry makes is to Jerry Seinfeld's office. And so there's Jerry, uh, and he's pitching it to him. And Jerry is trepidatious that all of a sudden Larry suddenly likes an idea that he was always hated before. And that's cheesy reunion episodes. They're never done well. They're always lame. And he's never going to do one. He always hates them. And now all of a sudden, Jerry's like, something, something. I'm being sold something, and I don't know what it is yet. And there, he said uh, they indulge in a little bit of Seinfeldism here when Jerry goes, there's been a shift. And Larry goes, no shift. He's like, oh, there's been a shift. Shift, no shift. And they say <laughs> shift about six times. So we're already falling back into that. Uh, little trope and Larry, uh, Jerry also says <laughs> I thought this was a weird reference but I also laughed at it he says doing a reunion show is like going back to an old girlfriend it never works and Larry brings up what about Robert Wagner and Natalie Wood they got divorced and then they got back together and then Jerry goes yeah and then she slipped off a vote and died how'd that end up Jesus Christ <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> and then I my, but the best part of this joke is and what about Christopher Walken how do you explain and Larry, Larry goes I can't. I don't know why he was on the boat, <laughs> which is a weird part of that story. This story is always kind of fascinated me because it's a a true crime story that is essentially unsolved that involves celebrities. So Robert Wagner was married to Natalie Wood, and they got in a big fight on his yacht that was like uh, anchored off the. If you don't, if and if someone doesn't know, if someone listening, I don't know if you know the story, Ted, but it was like anchored off the coast of Catalina or something like that. They get in a big fight, and she the next day she's discovered drowned. Like, she went down into the into the room, and then the next morning she was found drowned in the water. And the weirdest part of the story is that Christopher Walken was on the boat partying with them, too. Jesus it's, Christ. It's always a weird little thing to throw into that story. But uh, I didn't know the fact that they got divorced and then they got back together. But Jerry comes around, and it's partly because, you know, Larry says, well, the way we do it, it won't be lame. And Jerry goes, yeah, you're right. Can't argue with that. (laughs) You know, it's like if anybody's going to, and I think he like, I know this is an act, but I think the real Jerry probably would have gone. Okay. Well now it's a challenge. I guess I'm into this now because it's not going to be some cheesy thing. Like now, how do we do this our way and make it good? Like we did with the sitcom. And so he, he relents and he's like, Oh, you know what? I got a great idea for George's ex-wife, Meg Ryan. of course we know the audience knows that Larry has already cast that role as cheryl but he's like i saw her in this place she's funny she looks great it's uh, oh meg ryan would be awesome to get uh, it makes sense a big star like that and larry's like i don't know i feel like we'll go with an unknown i don't know we'll talk. <laughs> don't worry about casting because <laughs> <laughs> already his his only reason for doing this is getting blown up yeah yeah no no other reason other than casting cheryl <laughs> in the show yeah. and getting back yeah. together uh, so over at James's Beach, which was at 60 North Venice Boulevard in Venice, it closed in September of 2022 after 26 or 27 years, depending on where you're reading. It uh, was a, a, a stalwart of the. Uh, so, uh, I mean, appropriate. We're doing this, uh, you know, in June. It was a stalwart of the early LA LGBT scene because uh, these these two guys they were a couple and they they you know it was in this article i was reading they were like it was unusual to find a gay couple that owned a restaurant in the time that we opened this restaurant um and i think they even threw in that they like had a lesbian chef too so uh it became like one of the safe spaces in la for for that crowd to hang out they they just you know aged out of it they were like well you know the, the neighborhood's kind of changing and like food uh, tastes are changing and our, our thing just isn't working anymore. So rather than try to revamp it and, and stay in business, we're just going to hang it up. So, uh, if it, it might also look familiar, if you like the movie, I love you, man with Paul Rudd and Jason Siegel, because that's where they have tacos. As oh, well. okay. In that movie. Yeah. I don't know if they go inside, but they, I think I, I seem to remember them eating outside, but yeah, it was a, they were, they were huge proponents of, of the Venice neighborhood when it was like, just kind of coming up and, uh, and that's where Larry is pitching Jason Alexander. Even though they've done it before, uh, it still cracks me up every time when Jason digs at George. Oh my god! As a yeah. proxy for Larry, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. what,
0: what what all does he say? He he goes in on him. I I wrote down a couple. Um, says he's unappealing. He's selfish. He's stupid. He's abrasive.
1: He's inept. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like, no one would believe that he got married because he's unlovable. He's an unlovable <laughs> schmucky, jerky, self- yeah, selfish stupid. He's like... <laughs> to Larry's face, which I love. It's it's just it's, it's even <laughs> it's maybe even funnier than the first time he did it uh, because Larry, I don't know, I don't know what made it funnier. It just it just seemed to flow a lot better than it did the first time and so and also he goes well you know the one good thing about a reunion would be it would kind of make up for the finale oh my god yeah <laughs> and larry's like well, what was what was wrong with the finale we had a good finale we went out on a good note <laughs> yeah and he's like oh it would be yeah it would it would be nice to kind of get another shot of the finale and it'd almost be like telling the audience sorry we know we know it wasn't good <laughs> <laughs> It's at some point during the lunch, Larry and Jason also clocked that there are nude photographs of women's bodies like all over the walls, like like straight up breasts and ass like these, I guess, quote unquote, tasteful black and white photos. But it's still like these nude photos all over the restaurant. And, you know, Larry also convinces Jason to do the reunion. And he also has some great casting ideas for George's ex-wife. Jennifer Tilly is one. He's like one of those funny voice girls, like Jennifer <laughs> Tilly or Kristen Chenoweth. Uh, and so, of course, Larry has to talk him out of any sort of casting. Don't worry yeah. about it.
0: Yeah. You don't. Please don't. Um, he's like, You going to start writing with me too? And uh, he's like, Well, you know, I pitched you some ideas originally that you never went with. And Larry just tells him to his face, Yeah, they weren't good.
1: <laughs> yeah, they weren't good. Um, and so, as they're finishing up lunch, Jason won't coordinate the tip. With Larry, they've split the check, which is a very Larry thing to do for a lunch meeting with Jason Alexander, especially considering the relationship that they've built in the show. Like, kind of contentious already. A deal he was going to do with Jason has fallen through um, uh, for for a show. Yeah, uh, and so now, so they've split the check for a business lunch where Larry was pitching an idea for him to be a part of his project, uh, but Jason won't coordinate the tip. Like, it was probably a very similar meal but jason won't share his tip so they can leave the same tip Wait, not even and a sim
0: uh not even a similar meal larry says they got the same thing they
1: got the exact same thing okay i didn't even clock yeah. that so you know leaving the same tip makes a lot of sense and so i liked how calmly menacing jason alexander was oh in this scene God. it was it <laughs> no, was weird not, and off-putting but kind of but funny too not only does he not
0: tell larry how much he's tipping But he gets the information out of Larry of how much Larry wants to tip. And he said, I think it's perfectly fine if you want to write $12 for the gratuity on your check. And what he does, like he's like, I'm going to write down my amount here. I'm going to fold it. I'm going to call over the waiter. Hey, here you go. We're all good. And have a good day. And he just fucking leaves. What? It, yeah, it's really, like, he's like jo- George Costanza. Talking. George Costanza was never an alpha, but Jason Alexander <laughs>
1: is a fucking alpha. There's nothing to be ashamed of <laughs> writing $12 next to gratuity. On your check, it's like. Like, Also, we don't know
0: how much the check is. Like, yeah, yeah. I feel like that would have hammered the joke home a little bit more, or maybe that just would have like spelled it out too
1: much. I I don't know. What do you think? Well, I mean, you could do some math in your head and go. All right, say Larry tips twenty percent. I mean, that sounds like a lot for Larry, but the math is easier. So twenty percent. So twelve dollars is twenty percent of sixty. Is that right? No. No, $12 would be,
0: well, actually, hang on, wait. Yeah, I think because you're right. Yeah. You, move
1: the, yeah, you move the decimal, and that's what I always do for checks. I move the decimal one point over and double that because I don't want to do any more math than that. So a $60 lunch, first of all, I mean, I know it's L.A., but that's the math that I did, which does sound a little off. But
0: No, you're you're totally right. That's it.
1: Yeah. So if they both had a $60 lunch, and I mean, we know what Jason leaves later, but that's my thinking that, that that's how much lunch was doing that reverse math um and it kind of makes sense later when you hear jason's tip the math that he did but yeah just jason's jason's delivery of all those lines was absolutely like scary but hilarious it was scolarius (laughs) scolarius uh so uh larry's next stop is julia louis dreyfus's house and he's you know pitching her stories like oh how about this and they're stories from his life like you gave a little girl asked you to give the, her doll a haircut, and then she finds out it doesn't grow back, and so everybody's mad at you after that. And so she's like, oh, yeah, okay, I kind of see, like, like Elaine with the kids. That'd be funny. Uh, and so he convinces Julia pretty easily. This kind of goes back to what you are saying about how fast all of this happens. Like, I feel like we could have done an hour, you know, with this reunion episode. I don't know what I... we would have I
0: felt like this was going to be a longer episode because actually it was during this scene. I paused it and I'm yeah. like, okay, surely if any episode this season is going to be longer, it's going to be this one. And saw that we're halfway through already. I'm like, oh,
1: it's, it's not longer. Okay. I guess there's no reason for HBO to milk it because they're not selling ads during it. You know, it's not like it was on NBC and they're like, oh yeah, we got to we're There's going to be an hour and a half of show and 30 minutes of commercials or whatever, you know, uh, or, or, 45 minutes of show and 45 minutes of commercials. They yep. probably could have gotten away with if it was actually on NBC, but HBO doesn't work that way. So they're <laughs> like, yeah, fine. Make it 30 minutes, get the you know most popular cast on television reunited, uh, for 30 minutes. Great. You know, I mean, I know it's good that they're, they're going to be on again, but like this was the first time anybody had seen them together on TV in this, in this way in 11 years and it was a huge deal <laughs> like, but they just sort of rushed through it you know i don't know i mean if it had been longer we probably would be sitting here going god they did not need that scene yeah so that's maybe true fine <laughs> that. but, it, it, but was, my... it
0: was very very uh very concise but it, for a good reason
1: yeah like convincing julia and michael are literally like two lines on my in my notes because Julia gets up to go go do something, and so she he tells Jason earlier that Julia Louis-Dreyfus blew him off. He was supposed to meet her, and she had to take her daughter to a birthday party, while Julia's daughter comes in, while Julia's out of the room, and Larry asks her how the birthday party was, and she says she didn't go to a birthday party. And he's like, oh, interesting.
0: <laughs>
1: and... <laughs> By the way, that is not Julia Louis-Dreyfus' real daughter. Ah. I looked it up. Yeah, actress. Back at James Beach, Larry is pitching the show to Michael Richards, who is super distracted <laughs> by all the photos on the walls.
0: Like, literally can't pay attention <laughs> to a single thing that Larry David is saying. Distracted.
1: Yeah, just, just uh huh Every Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> he, he's just agreeing to whatever, including being a part of the reunion show. <laughs> and then he gets up to leave because he's got, I don't know, he said like Beth is waiting or something like that. Yeah, he has like to that. go pick up Beth. Know. Yeah. I'm assuming uh, his wife. Yeah, makes sense. Okay. The He only got tea. He didn't even get a full lunch, so Larry agrees to pick up the whole check. The waiter comes over, and he won't divulge to Larry what Jason Alexander left, but he says it's a healthy tip. Yeah, it, Larry's
0: just like begging him for, <laughs> for any information. Finally... Through uh through through his begging, he's able to get the waiter to give him sing like signals <laughs> because his, uh, the waiter's manager would get mad. And oh my god, this guy's standing here like he's a fucking
1: base coach in baseball. <laughs> yeah, it cracked me up that the signal was different each time. That's it. Could yeah, have been scratch your face every time. Sit, scratch scratch your, your face. Scratch your face again. Yes.
0: Yeah. What, what was it? Scr- <laughs> scratch your face if it was over. Uh, if it was over 15 uh yeah. w- wait wait wiggle your tie if it was over 20 and then he's like yeah. okay i i really have to go okay well lift that cup over the pot if it was over 30 <laughs> sir you have a good day lifts the cup over the pot
1: <laughs> yeah yeah it could have been scratch your face if it was over 12 scratch your face if it was over 20 scratch your face if it was over 30 but no he has to do a different <laughs> a signal, different each signal. Time. <laughs> yeah and so it was it was i guess Was it over thirty or was was it thirty? Over thirty. Over thirty. Wow! uh, Raise
0: raise the glass over the pot if it was
1: over thirty dollars. So, Jason, I don't feel like Jason Alexander does that every time. I think he just did that to make Larry look <laughs> even smaller. Be, I think that was definitely... Because, because Larry said
0: he was leaving $12, and Jason's yeah, like, yeah. okay, I got to do this just to fuck with yeah. Larry. <laughs>
1: $30 on a presumably $60 meal.
0: <laughs> uh, if Larry
1: does 15 we could probably figure this out, because that would be... Uh, no, we can't figure it out um it's <laughs> like we can figure this out um but so Jer- jason alexander out here leaving over 50 percent on a check uh just to make larry look like an idiot uh so over at the staples center which i do like to check in every time it's on it is still crypto.com arena Ugh. out there in la <laughs> for the time yep. being for the time being i don't even think timing. crypto.com is a thing anymore yeah this is 2023 that we're talking about. Um, that is where Larry meets Jeff, and he tells him the cast is all in, so the reunion is a go. Jeff tells Larry that Susie does have Lyme disease, so Larry saved her life. and oh my that's God. When, yeah. 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 So the diagnosis was correct. Dr. Larry. Uh, and Larry sees Cheryl going into the game and runs over and tells her about the Seinfeld reunion and offers her the part playing george's ex-wife uh he has given her the part and she is ecstatic about it so much that she gives him a big old smooch on the lips yeah yes she does yeah so mission accomplished as far as larry goes uh, As you know that the, it's on track everything's going as it should uh inside the staples center jeff and larry's seats are like above the nosebleed section
0: yeah there. they are <laughs> section 319
1: yeah, like way, like six rows from the back of the arena. Like, <laughs> like
0: so, so so far back that we see the concrete wall, like the, yeah. the, the brick
1: wall, <laughs> the, the cinder block wall behind them, like a few rows. Yeah, I love that like they're like they still went to their seats, even though in that section they're like, all right, we're still in this shitty section, but. We don't have to sit in our seats. We can sit in the front row of this section. Or we can even (laughs) sit in the front row. There's like plenty of empty seats that like no one's gonna catch them if they do this. But they're sitting next to a dude. Like, so they're not even doing like buffer seats. Like, all right, well, this whole row is empty. We don't have to sit right next to this guy. No, these are our seats. We must sit in that seems like a Larry thing. (laughs) That seems like something he would do. Yeah, yeah. I guess so. We have to sit in our
0: assigned
1: seats. Yeah, especially as it makes him a martyr. It's like, no, I don't want to sit closer. I want to sit where I deserve, where this person thinks I deserve and have a miserable time because of it. I want to have as miserable a time as possible so I'm as pissed off as possible afterwards. Uh, So, yeah, so they they have a seat in there. And he's like, you know, I thought he had courtside seats. And he borrows the binoculars of the guy sitting next to them in the row. And he sees the executive sitting courtside with David Spade. (laughs) which was a fun little cameo yeah just for
0: for no reason
1: yeah silent we don't we never hear him talk we just see him sitting next to
0: (laughs) part of me wonders if david spade knew he was going to be
1: in an episode of curb your enthusiasm
0: or if he's just friends with todd stashwick
1: yeah or or if those are like his courtside seats and he just happened to be there the day (laughs) they were filming i want to look and see if this was kind of a joke about Oh, just shoot me. I want to see if Just Shoot Me was on the air at this time. Um because that would be kind of funny if that's why he's sitting next to the NBC executive. The first No, it it, it that went off the air in 03. So Damn. I guess he was just still good buds with the guy from NBC. <laughs> <laughs> I hope there is some information about the filming of this like there was kind of with the Dodger Stadium game and stuff like how they how they were able to film during you know, during a Lakers game. Oh my god, um, yeah. So Larry calls the executive and he watches through the binoculars, sees him look at the phone, make a, a <laughs> face, and put it back in his pocket.
0: Like, definitely like makes a, a disgruntled, like, ugh, face. Yeah, an
1: eye-rolly, yeah. <laughs> exasperated so, face. But, like, yeah, like, silences uh, it, puts it back in his jacket pocket. <laughs> and Larry goes, He screened my call. I always suspected people were doing that. Now I know for sure. <laughs> uh, he also was glad that he didn't. Jeff wants to give the executive the benefit of the doubt. Oh, maybe he didn't know that these tickets were so bad. He just, you know, somebody gave him. Whoever is in charge of giving out, you know, making sure we had tickets didn't know what they were for or whatever. And they're just the worst tickets. But but Larry's like, I'm glad I didn't give him the benefit of the doubt. You almost talked me into it. <laughs> um, so outside, Larry sees Sandy Goodman.
0: Yeah, we finally <laughs> learn
1: his name. Yeah, four minutes left in the episode or whatever it is. And we know it's Sandy Goodman. And Jeff says, just don't go nuts, okay? And then Jeff leaves. I don't know why Jeff was in such a hurry. Why not go over with Larry just to make sure yeah. he doesn't go nuts? Yeah, although,
0: I mean, we we get, we get see Larry walk up and uh, Sandy is saying like, hey, did you enjoy the game? We see Larry kind of like, think about what he's going to say, but this cut and in a such a Seinfeld way. Yeah. We we get exterior of the building and we get Larry, we get Jerry saying, You told the head of NBC to go fuck himself.
1: <laughs> that was very Seinfeld. So it's so interesting good. How they're, so good. You know, repurposing all those old gags for the <laughs> curb. It's it's really incredible. And,
0: and I mean now we can have have the language of, of HBO. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah 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 and it's like it's meta in a way that i really appreciate <laughs> um because it's it's referencing the thing that that they're doing so yeah so then we go inside to jerry's office where uh jason julia and jerry how weird is it all that all their, that's the first time i ever noticed all their names start with jay jason julia and jerry oh wow And then you got michael richards there yeah um, <laughs> J- uh, jason
0: uh, julia jerry and michael
1: Yeah, it's the first time I noticed all their names started with Jay. Uh, They're upset with Larry uh, that he's upset the NBC president. Julia is upset at Larry for grilling her daughter. And she's like, "Uh, by the way, I have two daughters. My other daughter was the one I was driving to a birthday party. So essentially he was calling her a liar. And and, in fact,
0: and Larry still calls it interesting, but like even on, even on the keyword interesting, then Jason Alexander chimes in and he's like, Oh, you want to know what I think is interesting. (laughs) The fact that he went back to the restaurant and grilled the waiter on the tip that I left.
1: That is interesting that he found that out, that he went back to the same restaurant and found out that Larry did that. (laughs) (laughs) And I loved that this was very Seinfeldian, I think, where he's like, we were coordinating the tip. We're a team on the tip. And Jason or Jerry, somebody goes, no, the tip is a solo. That's a solo act. Mm -hmm. I loved that uh, little conversation they get into. Meanwhile, Michael Richards walks in, completely clueless that there's going to be a Seinfeld reunion. (laughs) (laughs) But through... And I caught it this time. Some atrocious ADR oh. agrees it's a great idea. Did you not notice it this no, time? No, I Normally didn't. I'm, oh, man. Normally, I'm, I'm not the one sure. noticing the ADR. I'm not even sure it was Michael Richards' voice. It sounds <laughs> like somebody like doing a Michael Richards impression, kind of, but not even trying that hard. It's like they just grabbed a guy. It's like, hey, you sound like Michael Richards. Oh, should I listen to it and see? No, no, no. You, you, it, It's close enough. Mm-hmm. And it's like... I think a reunion sounds like a great idea. Let's do it. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. This was really bad, Uh, bad enough that I noticed it, but so bad. It came back around to being good for you who normally notices the bad, (laughs) the bad ones. And Larry uh, faces facts that he has to apologize to the NBC executive. Uh, uh, So over at Jeff's, he's wondering if it can be a begrudging (laughs) apology or a sincere apology. And he agrees to straddle the line between begrudging and sincere. (laughs) But then the thing that clinches it is that Jeff says, do it for Cheryl. You know, the whole reason you're doing all this is to be close to Cheryl again. So think about that. That's the reason you're going to apologize. And then Susie comes in and doesn't thank Larry for saving her life. He turns around and is like, no, thank you. She's like, well, what would I thank you for? And he's like, I, you know, I saved your life. I told you about the Lyme disease and and it causes a huge fight between them. She gives a sarcastic thank you. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. And Larry says the next time he'll keep his mouth shut and let her die. <laughs> I'll keep my mouth shut and let you die, uh, which pisses her off so much. She kicks Larry out. Uh, but I like his parting shot. He's like, you know what? Don't get that spot on your forehead checked out. <laughs> it's definitely not skin cancer. <laughs> that was good. That's like the the uh, the thing you say to someone that they know is innocuous, but is still going to eat at them. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> but it reminds me of the same kind of thing. Like, you know, like, oh, well, that guy's obviously crazy, but God damn it. What if something happens? I'll be like, that guy was right. Uh, so a uh, cut to NBC. Larry is apologizing. And <laughs> he ends up by saying, so this is me apologizing, and it's about as sorry as I can get. <laughs> <laughs> and it gets a good from Sandy. That's it. And there he goes, no good. <laughs> I love the no good. I didn't appreciate no good the first time around watching this show, but I love when it comes up when there he goes, no good. <laughs> when he tries, and when he, he attempts something. And he even clarifies, he's like, too begrudging. And Sandy's like very (laughs) begrudging. Yeah. And he's like, I can tell we're not going to be able to work together. And so the reunion's off. This was the most unbelievable part of the entire episode. NBC would never call off a Seinfeld reunion. No, no matter what. No. Oh my God. This is
0: in a world that is post Michael Richards. N word. Oh really? Yeah. I guess I forgot about that. I mean, we, it doesn't him doing that doesn't exist in the curb universe, but in the real world, it does.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so 911 happened in the Curb universe as we know, but not Michael Richards' not <laughs> Michael Richards' 911. <9/11. laughs>
0: <laughs> not Michael Richards' own personal 911.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's so interesting it was afterwards cuz yeah, it's just completely I don't think it's ever brought up and, and it's just sort of yeah, just brushed over, but and so yeah, the the reunion is off and Sandy is meanwhile ailing He's brought in, like, a tray of, like, this battery of pills and, and fluids and stuff. And Larry asks him if he's been in any tall grass recently. He's like, yeah, in the Hamptons with my son. Why? And Larry goes, no reason. <laughs> so we know he's going to let Sandy die of Lyme disease. And that's when Frolic starts playing as Larry's walking out. But I love this. Frolic stops. Uh, Frolic gets cut yeah. off. Yeah. As Larry starts daydreaming. So it was like a false ending. Like that was really, you know, just out of left field for Curb. Um, But so Larry starts daydreaming that he's back walking onto the Seinfeld set as Sandy is saying, You saved my life. And I love this part. Go do what you do. The phrase that Larry, like the praise that other people give Larry in his dreams that he's essentially writing is so funny. Mm -hmm. Go do what you do. And then there's the other daydream. So there's an alternate daydream. Oh, wait, I forgot that Cheryl also says, Larry, like she just comes right up and goes, Larry, I want you back. Let's go home and make love. Oh, my God. (laughs) But then there's an alternate daydream where Larry is gloating over Sandy's open (laughs) casket at his funeral. And he sort of goes back and forth in his mind, uh, ends up flipping a coin. And as he checks it, he turns around and heads back in to sandy's office and he's driving later he calls jerry and says the reunion is back on and oh i'm sorry this is did i say jerry yeah he calls jerry the reunion's back on meanwhile jerry is also psyched because guess who he's standing with he just happened to run into her meg ryan and she's (laughs) into it she he offered her the part of george's ex-wife (laughs) <laughs> and uh, she's gonna do it they got a big star this is gonna be great oh jerry's God. so excited <laughs> uh. <laughs> but then we see larry's shocked uh, larry's look of shocked dismay as frolic starts in earnest and that is the true end of the episode oh my gosh all right yes. what do we got for homework this week tim todd stashwick Okay. I still want to know what I definitely recognize him from. Yeah. Probably a, a bunch of stuff, but we'll see. And that's pretty much it. Cool. What do you like for cover art this week? Oh, uh, man. I mean the the shot of them all kind of on set, like that first big cast reveal is is pretty good or or anytime they're all on set all together, I feel like is good.
0: Yeah, that is that is pretty good.
1: I can't think of uh of anything that might be better. Yeah, I don't know. What do you what do you think? I th- that's what I was thinking
0: too. Either either yeah. the cast reveal or I don't know. Yeah, the like ca- them
1: in Jerry's office, the, the gang yeah, in Jerry's office. Yeah, like I don't,
0: the, I don't think there's a good four shot of everybody yeah. uh before before Michael Richards comes in. Uh, I'll either it, it's gonna be one photo of the full cast and Larry.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. but
0: th- there is a, a good like wide shot before they all start talking and uh, everyone starts complimenting Larry on his writing skills uh in the yeah. in the dream sequence. I, I think that's 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 it.
1: Yeah. By the way, um, if you haven't rewatched or you forgot or whatever, Meg Ryan is legit at the end of this episode. <laughs> like, it's the real <laughs> Meg Ryan, which is pretty cool. Another cool cameo. So
0: we get we get uh, David Spade. We get Meg yeah. Ryan. We get all four people from the Seinfeld cast. We get Todd Stashwick. <laughs>
1: <laughs> pulling out the big guns. Pulling out
0: the big guns in Stashwick.
1: Pull. Yeah. Uh, pulling from the stash. There's probably some famous members of the L.A. Lakers that were on camera at some point. I, I don't I didn't recognize anybody. I mean, the, I know that when they, they use the binoculars, one guy like walks through the frame that I'm like, that's probably a player. But <laughs> if you're a sports fan, there's some L.A. Lakers in this episode, too. And whoever they were playing, presumably. Oh, my God. All right. Let's see what we can do about this week's description. OK,
0: so we had. Larry resists Jeff's suggestion to do a Seinfeld reunion special until he figures out a compelling personal reason to do so.
1: Yeah, I mean like like you said like that's the first 30 seconds of the episode. Um but what else happens? I mean, can we just change it to, like to get Cheryl back, Larry convinces to, in, The Seinfeld cast to reunite. In a or in, 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 a, in a plot in, or is that what you're going to kind of
0: In a backhanded effort to win Cheryl back, Larry finally agrees to do a Seinfeld reunion. How about... Because he's not telling everybody it's to get Cheryl back.
1: Yeah. How about Larry convinces the Seinfeld cast to reunite? Something about... I feel like ulterior motive might be a better phrase. Let me see. Because I feel like backhanded isn't necessarily... Let me see. Um, Underlying. I mean, secret, private. I mean, personal. Personal. Like, you know, Larry, Larry agrees to a Seinfeld reunion. I mean, we could also say Larry convinces the Seinfeld cast to reunite. How about for, I think you have to add his reason to the front. Like with an ulterior motive, Larry convinces the Seinfeld cast to reunite. Does that sound?
0: I don't mind that. Yeah. It sounds, sounds all right.
1: Yeah, with an with an ulterior motive, I feel like in mind would add too many words. I mean, for pro- for personal reasons, for undisclosed personal reasons, Larry convinces the Seinfeld cast to reunite. Is that <laughs> too much? Uh, read it again. Read it one more time. For undisclosed personal reason, for an undisclosed personal reason, Larry convinces the Seinfeld cast to reunite.
0: I actually kind of like that. I like that. As okay. It. Yeah.
1: All right. All right. Here I'm down. Go. It's still fewer words than the one we got.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I mean, that's, that's all that happens. We could say, like, Larry's... That doesn't happen at the end. Like, Larry's mistreatment of an executive, the Seinfeld... Anyway, blah, blah, You can see where I'm going with that, but I don't think we need to include anything yeah. like that. I think, it's, I think it's good. I think it's good. All, all right. right.
0: Tim, did you like this episode?
1: Yeah. You know what? I got to give this a star. Like, I I almost gave it a star low. I almost was going to write a low. But then talking about it, like, I think it's got a full star. And I, I feel like it's just carried by the fact that the big four are on screen together for the first time. And the reveal was great. Like, if they had just done it piecemeal, like I was saying at the beginning of the episode, like, oh, now I'm talking to Jerry. Oh, and here's Jason. And here's Julia, but the fact that they were all together on screen immediately was just such a great yeah, reveal. Yeah,
0: I, I, uh, this was the easiest full star I ever gave.
1: <laughs> yeah, wow. Nice. You, you just have to. It's just such yeah. a big, it's still so huge that this was the Seinfeld reunion. And, and it's also funny to boot. And it, as, as you could hear from the thing, there's like one storyline. And it all I, I love how the Lyme disease comes back and I loved the yeah, frolic be, false be, ending. It'd be different if it was a bad episode and also the Seinfeld reunion.
0: But it's <laughs> yeah. not. It's a really no. good episode.
1: Yeah. It'd be yeah, if if they were like, Oh, you know what, this doesn't have to be that good because Seinfeld's <laughs> back. But it's not. Like it's it's just as good as any other curb and the cast of Seinfeld is in it, and yeah. they're all very funny. Like even like Michael Richards doing as much physical comedy as he can while remaining seated, being distracted like is hilarious. <laughs> it was, like he was almost falling out of his chair, like trying to look, trying to crane his neck behind him, making sure that he saw every tit he could. Yes, every tit, <laughs> every butt crack. I don't want to miss one tit in this restaurant. If there's one I haven't seen, I gotta I gotta look around <laughs> Yeah, so it, it was great. A full star from both of us. I, I have a feeling it's going to hold up through the series, but we'll see. I mean, the cast is going to be on more episodes. So yeah, maybe yeah, they'll well, outdo themselves. Maybe maybe we'll have
0: uh, something better by, by the yeah. end of season seven. All right. Next week, we have got season seven, episode four, The Hot Towel. Original air date, October 11th, 2009. And if you are looking in TV Guide that night, you are going to see Larry rats out Christian Slater at Ted and Mary's <laughs> anniversary party, but later gets his payback at a restaurant
1: rendezvous. Another wordy one. I think they changed synopsis writers in between seasons. <laughs> I think they fired a guy like you and hired a guy like me. <laughs> that guy. I mean, if we're paying him by the word, we're getting ripped off. <laughs> Get rid of him. Get somebody in here who can write a synopsis.
0: Here you go. Pay, 20 pay words. Paying him by
1: the character. He's, a,
0: he's an obituary <laughs> writer.
1: Yeah. Um, so uh yeah the, uh, christian slater this is great because i still want to do the wizard for our next patreon movie and he's a big part of that so i'm Sweet. glad and I think all this, right i feel like he's been in some other stuff but this will be a great occasion to finally do that in honor of our retweet from jenny lewis last month and now <laughs> christian slater being in so maybe we can finally get that on the books yeah, and get absolutely. that out absolutely yeah. all right is that it yeah i think that is it all right for no hugging no learning i'm tim murphy i'm ted
0: hollowell be good